Thank you for coming out to Newark today and being with us on the final week of our series, Some Assembly Required. In our series, we have been dealing with things related to homes, families, parenting, kids, marriage. There's a lot of things that kind of come be a part of, of a home life. And I'm going to wrap it up today. We'll start a new series next week. In week one of our series, I spent time talking to you about qualities of great leadership in the home and what great leaders do in a home. And we dealt with those that if you missed that in week one, you can always go to our website or YouTube and catch on our YouTube channel uh, any of the previous sermons in this series. And that was week one. We talked about leadership. Le week two, I, I, last week, I shared with you uh, what healthy households do, some of the things that are part of a healthy household. And I kind of want to continue that a little bit here today as we wrap things up. And maybe, I've been praying, God will reveal something for you in your home. Maybe you're single. I said this last week. This is a great opportunity for you to be ready for what may happen one day in your life. Others of you are uh, married, maybe no kids. This is an opportunity to get some things in right order. And for some of us, we have kids and it's pretty easy to get things out of order. And I'll address that in, in just a little bit. But I wanna give you this scripture in Genesis chapter 26. And here's what it says. It says this, it says, then, then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. What we're getting in just this little text alone right here is a portrait of how God operates. In other words, uh, we do our part. Uh, it says that he sowed in the land. That, that's a portrait of doing my part, putting the seed in the ground, getting the ground ready, putting the seed in the ground. I'm going uh, to do my part to raise something the way I should raise it, raise the plant, raise whatever it is. In the gardening realm, I'm going to raise it really well. And then there's a promise that comes. There, there, I'm going to reap a harvest. I, I'm going to discover the prosperity that comes with a healthy harvest. Anytime we look at outcomes in our life, we go back to the things that we were sowing long ago. God operates in an operation of order and patterns, and if we do our part, God says, no, I'll do my part. Same thing is true in a family, in a home life. When the people that are in the home do their part, especially the leaders, we get healthier outcomes. We start doing our sowing of the seed, we start doing our tilling of the soil, sowing of the seed, getting things ready, and God says, and I'll do my part. It comes with that in a home or a family. But let's be honest, even the most well-intentioned marriages can get off track really easy. You decide one day that you want to be married, you want to you have a home, and a husband, wife, the the bridegroom, they go down the altar. They, they have plans for the success of that home. Everybody, right? No, no bride and groom go down to the altar and go, ooh, I hope this goes terribly. No, you want it to go well. I get it. You, you're going to want that to go well. And so we have plans and thoughts that, you know, that our marriage, our family would look this way one day. Maybe we have a thought that 
As we get married, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and that's going that's to provide for a healthier home. Our kids will be healthier. We want that. But then, as life happens, sometimes things begin to develop where the plans that we once had for a healthy home dissolve. Right? It's easy to get distracted in a marriage, in a family, in a home. Life starts to happen. Things start to happen, and difficulty ensues. And all of a sudden, the people that had thoughts and designs and plans for their home, their family, those things begin to stop and a chasm, a gap begins to develop between what we thought our home life would be and, and what it is today. It happens so fast to the husband who had plans to lead his home and to lead, well, I mean, this can happen. I've seen Christians go through what I'm about to describe the husband, he has plans to lead, lead his home, lead his home maybe spiritually. And over time, he starts chasing money, possessions. And he resigns his role of strong leadership in the home and being the husband he was supposed to be or being the father he was supposed to be. He resigns that role and starts putting other things at first to becoming the higher priority in his life. Things begin to develop. He chases the wrong things in, in the woman. You had dreams and plans as she resigns her role of being a great mother, a great wife. And she starts putting other priorities in front and in her life as well, and the chasm grows more and more. And if the man ever wants to really relate, have connectivity with his wife, he's got to go through a lot of other chaos to get to her. And if she wants to have connectivity with him and relationship with him, she's got to get through all the things that we've put in the middle in this chasm that have gotten in the way of the home and the family. You mix in a little fatigue in the family from running our kids maybe everywhere and chasing after money and possessions, throw in a little bit of a lack of romance, throw in an attractive neighbor or coworker or into the setting. See what happens then to the home or the family. Wrong priorities getting in the way. The chasm grows bigger and bigger. And, and so I just want to help us look at that, maybe get some things in order so that we don't have to go through these things. Maybe some of you uh, have lost a marriage because things were out of order. You'll get an opportunity to maybe have the next marriage if God gives you that opportunity to be a little bit different. I wrote in your notes, do you... What do you need to do? What do you need to do in order to reassemble the order in your home? And I'm going to throw a few things at you here before we get started. I'm just kind of give you some background, really, to this talk. Because uh, anytime I talk about families, I like to take time in the sermon to just hit on this particular issue because it is the issue that's affecting so many homes and families today. Uh, things are out of order inside the home. It's just as simple uh, as that. And in the book of Ephesians, we get a roadmap to what God reminds us in our homes and our families of what right order should be. And God says this, this is the right order. If things are going to be healthy, if we're going to do our part, this has to happen. And and we find in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, the first thing that we need to pay attention to, it says, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children. The role, the focus in the home is that we're focusing on God. We're being imitators of God. We're 
developing in our relationship with God. God is in the number one position if a home is going to be healthy. And I left a little space there for you to write. Okay, God first. I think every marriage starts, certainly a Christian marriage might start and say, yes, 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 we're going to put God first. And there may be some of you today, uh, you'd say God is first. and, And I hope that's the case. I would challenge some of you to say, is he really first? Based on your time and your energy and the quantities of things you put your money towards, it, is God first? Healthy homes have healthier outcomes because they put God first. And then we get another clue in Ephesians 5.25 about the order of the home. Here's what it says. It says, husbands, you're here today, sir. You're married. That's you. That's me. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. We know Christ dies for the church, dies for our sin. He also died for the movement of the church. And so we see this correlation. It says, hey, hey, husbands, give of your life for your bride. Serve and honor her. And really in a marriage where both are doing that, the healthy home develops. But God first. And then I put in your notes, number two is the marriage. And then we get another clue in Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. We get the third positioning is, is the children. For, for many people in our culture today, God is not number one. And maybe God's way down on the list and a lot of other things have taken the number one spot. You know what's taken the number one spot in a lot of homes? Kids. They're, they're in the CEO chair now. They're large and in charge in the home. No, no parent wants to admit that. No, no, not our home, no. All the activities and all the things we're involved in and all the places we're running them, all the time, all the energy, we're exhausted, no time for our marriage. It's all about... It's all about the kids. I wonder what order you have going on in your home right now when you really unpack it. So let me just give you some steps that we can take here to help our homes. And and here's the first one I put in your notes. We got to demote the things that need to be demoted. We got to demote and reset the agenda. If you're going to get your kids out of the CEO chair, if you're going to get anything out of the first place chair that shouldn't be in the first place chair, uh, you're going to have to demote. And demoting is, is not easy. When, when, you, when somebody or something is used to being in charge and you try to remove it, that, that can be really difficult. Think about it. Maybe for some of you, kids are not in charge in the home, but other things are in charge. Like you, you start developing a life of greed and possessions and materialism and that becomes the first place thing in your life, and you try to demote that, that's not going to be easy. Uh, you're going to have to put some work into that because that greed likes to be in first place. Possessions likes to be in first place. Uh, you let your kids rule the roost for a while, and you start telling them, hey, you're going to you're gonna have to take your rightful position 
It's going to be hard. I've watched men come back from a trip I do every year. It's called Wild at Heart. I take about 40 guys on, on a trip, and we go on this journey uh, to kind of recalibrate and understand what a man really should be, what a godly man is. And I've watched these men come off the trip, and I'll hear many of them say, Pastor Gary, I'm, I'm going home, and we're going we're gonna to get this thing in order. God has not been first. He's going to be first. Our marriage is going to be next, and the kids are going to be next, and we're going to put this thing in right order. And, and I've watched. I've had a front row seat to men who've done that, and I've, I've seen their family change in time. I've seen their family change because they reprioritized. I've had other men come off that mountain, go on that trip with me, come back and, Pastor Gary, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And a few weeks later, (laughs) they've resigned. They're like, I'm done. Because there's so much pushback. Like when you haven't operated in the flow I just shared with you and you say, no, we're going to operate differently, you're going to get pushback. You will. Anytime you're demoting when I talk about demoting kids, I'm not being mean or harsh with that. It's, it's an understanding that it's what's better for the home. It's what's better for the marriage. It's doing it out of love and understanding that if our home is going to be better, the order has to be better. There's a, in the business world, a great book. Uh, if you uh, are into business and leadership, um, it's by an author, Jim Collins, and it's called Good to Great. And basically, he talks about characteristics of organizations that go from good to great. And one of the principles he talks about in the book, and it's probably not any secret to anybody here, this principle, and that is this. It's one thing to get the right people on the bus. It's another thing to get them in the right seat on the bus. And if you're going to have a healthy home or family... It's the same way. Who's driving? Like who, who's in charge? And what's next? And what's next? And when a family gets this flow right, gets the people in the right seats on the bus, they are able to encounter a healthier home. It does take time, though. And when you think about demoting our kids to rightful position, I mean, gosh, if they've been used to the perks for a while, the spotlight of the corner office with the view, the jet airplane they have access to all the time. They've been running the show and experiencing all the parties and perks and you start to reprioritize things. That can be a struggle. Uh, You know why it is that so many kids in their 20s and 30s don't want to leave home? Now, I want to be clear that there are occasions where a a rough season happens and the child needs to come back home, that kind of stuff or things like that. I get that. I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about this desire now in our culture today for 20s and 30s to not want to leave home. You know why they don't want to leave home? Because they've had a pretty sweet gig. Dad and mom are bringing home the bacon and, you know, they're doing my laundry and they're making the meals. (laughs) Sweet! Who would want to leave that? They've been in charge for so long, they just want to stay. But great leaders make tough decisions. They're not always easy, but they step up and say, this is a decision that needs to be made for the leadership, for the healthiness of our homes. We've got all kinds of activities we're sending our kids to. Mom's running this way and dad's going this way and exhaustion, fatigue. There's no time for the marriage. And we got ball games, sports events, and team this and and recreational event over here and hobby and kids are learning these. And I'm all for it, by the way. I'm all for our kids learning and developing and their skills and things like that. But there is a time where that can get so out of balance where God is no longer a part of the home, where the marriage is suffering, because all we're doing is running our kids to all these events. Let me just tell you something. Got the sports team or the cheer squad or whatever it may be. 
When your kids are struggling in their teen years with something like drugs, oral sex, impurity, the ball team ain't helping. They just ain't. They're not going to help you resolve this situation you've gotten. It's going to be... It's going to be the work of God inside the home. I've watched these people get say, Pastor, now fix my kid, you know, and, and we want to help. But I'm just saying, like, we can do a lot of things ahead of time to say, okay, we want our kids to be involved in some things, but we're not going to, we're not going to let them have the lead chair. It's going to be God first, then the marriage, then the kids. I wish you could see in time how important this is, those of you who have kids. And remember this, it is the parent's priority. Your priority with your kids is that, we talked about this last week, to slowly release dependency on you to give your, teach your kids God control and God authority for their life so that when they leave the home, they're dependent on God. And that's a process, that's a journey of teaching that dependence on God when they go home it's it's or when they leave the home it's not gonna it's not gonna just poof magically happen it takes diligence day in and day out i love moses gives some great parenting tips in deuteronomy 6 prior to that we've gotten all the commandments and then god gives moses some parenting stuff and here's what we get in deuteronomy 6 1 it says these are the commands decrees laws the lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land. You're crossing Jordan to possess. You're, you're headed to this land. Look, I need you to know that you need you need to remember you remember this so that so that you and so that you and your what children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live. I mentioned last week we're in the baton passing business. This is what God's done in us, kids, and now. This is what God can do for you, and we're teaching them this dependency a day in and day out on the things of God. We set the agenda, put things in right order, and, and we teach that day in and day out uh, to our kids. I, I, another step that we've got to take is people in the home, somebody's got to step up and to say, this is a home that's going to decide to love God and put, and put God first. The teaching in Deuteronomy goes on. It says, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with how much of your heart? All of your heart. How much of your soul? All. And how much of your strength? All. That's, that's a portrait of God first. Like, it's constantly going to be. We're going to make sure in our home it, it's about God and it's not talking about little percentages and in and out and here today, gone tomorrow. It's, it's a deep, this is a portrait of a deep devotion. And I recognize that there's some folks here going, okay, that has definitely not been happening in our home. And I'm going to give you, again, some further tips on how to advance the ball down the field here in this situation. But we've got, we got to know that God is giving us instruction that it's when the family goes all in for God that we're able to teach more in, in, in a help, more healthy fashion this ultimate dependency on God. And, and what I think happens in American culture today, especially Christian culture today, what we have is a lot of folks who dabble in the faith. 
a lot of parents who dabble in, in, in the faith. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I saw a guy that I hadn't seen for months who was one of those guys who made that commitment to like our family and God and priority, like we're gonna put everything in order. And I hadn't seen him for months here. I saw him a couple of weeks ago. I said, hey man, where you been? He's like, oh man, we, got, we had a lot of things to do. Okay, so for a period of time, it was all about God, but then for your family, it was no longer about God. But now we're coming back and we're gonna do a little more for God. And I, 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 that's confusing for kids. It, it, it's dabbling. It's sort of like, you know, like what, I, I've given this analogy before, but you know, uh, back in the day before we had so much talk about vaccines, but back in, the, you know, we, we, there was a flu shot and, and it would be, you'd get a flu shot and you'd get the flu shot uh, because they identified some potential upcoming strands that could happen during the flu season and people would go in, some of you have done this, they'd go in, they'd get a flu shot and what they would do in that flu shot is give you just a little bit of the flu to help your body build an immunity for the strands that they had identified for the upcoming flu season. Just a little bit of the flu developed in immunity in the body. I wonder how many homes are giving their kids just a little bit of Jesus. And the kids grow up and they develop an immunity to Jesus because they didn't get all that they needed to get. That's what's happening now. Yeah, mom and dad, they, they were into the things of faith for a little while. And, you know, I saw, but then they left and then they kind of came back. They just kind of dabbled just a little bit here and there. The portrait we're getting in the scripture is a deep laboring focus for the things of God, organizing things in such a way where God is continually getting high priority. And then I wrote this in your notes. Somebody's got to decide that they're, they're not just going to love God, but they're going to take the leadership role. And of course, if you're married, God has set up something that spiritually a man should be taking this lead role. He should be spiritually investing in his wife and and his children, he should be uh, living the life, the example, he should be uh, leading the family to church, he should be leading the family into servanthood, these types of things. This is what the, the, the man does. Not everybody in our audience is, has that situation. There are many single moms here. And you, your job is you're taking that lead role because it's on you like so many other things are. And you try, you're gonna do your very best. You say, I'm work, look, uh, I'm gonna make sure our family is, is turning towards the things of God. I'm gonna live it out in my own life. I'm gonna help our people on, our, on this, in this household discover it as, as well. You send an incredible message to your kids when you day in and day out focus and lead your family to the things of God consistently over and over say you know what we're gonna we're gonna we're, we're gonna go to church as a family and and we're gonna be there and, and we're not gonna we're not even gonna be late like we're not missing worship because you know I've always said this like it, it, it it's diet and exercise every weekend okay the diet portion fill is the food side I'm talking about like filling your soul with the worship and the music and then the message comes and, and that's like the okay the pastor's giving you the exercise instructions to now get to work in, in your life and so all of it matters in your spiritual journey you say we're going to be there on time we're going to get the worship we're going to get the message and we're going to serve we're going to give we're going to be unified and we're going to do it consistently day in and, and day out I mentioned last week and, and even in the first week of the series talking about great homes have great unifying leaders 
and the leader in the home, the leaders in the home, unify the family in one direction. That unhealthy homes, the people are scattered. But a healthy home, the family is unified in worship, unified in serving, unified in giving, spiritual growth, prayer, things like that. And I shared with you, like, it's been the mantra of my household is that we're unified for the things of God. It wasn't easy. It was a day in, day out grind, battle, and effort to put God first. Deuteronomy 6 and 6 says, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts and press them on your children. I, I gave this text last week. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. Talk about these, these instructions from God when you lie down and when you get up. And you tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your homes and on the gates. It, it, this is a portrait we're getting here in the text. It says, man, this rich investment in the things of God with your kids, your teaching them what God's word says, which God's word is rich in all kinds. Every life issue you will ever face, the answers are found in God's word, and you're teaching them that. Hey, I know you're going through something, son. I just want to show you in God's word where the answers to that are. I, I know, to my daughter, you're struggling with something, but here's what it says in God's word about that. I, I put just in my notes seven valuable principles just from Proverbs alone that says that we can teach our, our kids about critical things in life. And we'll put them on the screen. They're not in your notes, but uh, we, we, can train, we can train our kids how to manage God's money, understanding that everything we get is from God. And so how do we manage it? Uh, did you know the Bible, before any self-help guru gave out information about how to handle your money, it's all in God's word. How to invest. Amen. How to pay down debt or deal with debt. How to build savings and budget your money. It, it's all in there. And we learn that as parents and then we teach our kids that. Train them to carefully select friends. Train them to watch their words. Train them to be responsible. Train them to guard their minds. Train them to be generous. Train them to fear God. Amen. And this is day in. And day out, I've said before that discipling, growing others, growing yourself in the things of God, it's, it's not sexy. It's a day in, day out. You know, because I think everybody would like to have the silver bullet, the magic thing that says, this is the thing, if I just do this one thing, everything will be amazing. And, and there's a discipline, there's a discipleship, there's a, a growth. When I say discipling, I'm talking about I'm talking about growing closer and closer every day to God. And we're growing and we're in that flow and, it, and, it, and, and some days are not easy leading your family and some days there's pushback in leading your family but you keep moving forward, not dabbling. We keep moving ahead and so that means we eliminate the excuses. In Luke chapter 14, I shared this a few weeks ago, a few, maybe a couple months ago about... Um, Excuses and, and Jesus gives this example of, uh, of excuses where, hey, let's invite everybody we can to the banquet, to the party. He gives this parable like, uh, I'm setting the table for a great banquet. Now let's make sure that we get everybody that we can there. And it's, it says this in this parable. It says, then he said uh, to, to him, a certain man gave a great supper, invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for everything's now ready. 
But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a piece of ground and must go and see to it. I, I ask you to have me, let me be excused. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to be a part of the things of God. I'm too busy working the possessions and, and dealing with this land. And then another one said, I, I bought five yoke of oxen and I've got to test them. I mean, I be excused. I, I got to work. I got, I got job. I got things that keep me busy. And so I need to be excused. Still another one said, I married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Somebody's got to step up in the home and say, we're pushing past the excuses. God's provided a party. He's provided a banquet. And I'm going to make sure our family is there uh, partaking. And, and then I wrote this in your notes. In order to reassemble, mere belief is not going to be enough. We must decide to disciple and be a discipler in the family. I talked about disciple just a minute ago, and I said, what does disciple become me being a disciple is me growing closer and closer every day to Jesus. It just becomes a part of this flow of my life. But then, if I'm doing a healthy home, I'm also going to disciple, help disciple others in the home. Have you taken the role yet of not just growing in your faith, but now helping others in the home grow? in their faith. Healthy homes have disciples. Healthy homes have disciple makers within the home. Remember, God's heart for you is not just to be a Christian. God's heart for you is to follow him and to teach your family to follow him. Teaching them what honor to God is. Teaching them the wisdom given in God's word from from him to, to us to make better decisions, healthier decisions for the home. People doing their best in the things of God, in their home and their family, they're not always the big money makers. Might be, might not be. They're, they're not interested in just the, the good. They, they want great. They, they don't just call themselves Christians. They're interested in following the things of God. True success, true prosperity comes when we, we're doing our part. I said at the very beginning, we're, we're, we're getting the soil ready, we're putting the seed down, we're getting it ready so that we can see the healthier outcomes. We're discipling. God, grow me every day. God, help me then to grow others around me. John 8, 12 says, then Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And when I said yes to Jesus Christ, I encountered the light of God inside of me and I wanted that light to keep growing because I knew that in time that light would kind of get outside of me and infect and impact people around me. That light would get on them. And something powerful happens when that takes place in a home. Matthew 5, 15, Jesus said, just like a city on a hill, can't be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. No, no, no. They, but on a lampstand. And that light gives light to all those who are in the what? The house. Think about your family for a moment. Who's the light in the home? That's shining light now onto the rest of the home. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine for people in your home. 
I'm going to make sure that I'm doing my part to grow and then helping the others around me grow as well. See, the portrait of healthy homes is a man growing daily in his walk with God and a woman growing daily in her walk with God, meeting together for a strengthening in the things of God for the marriage and then downloading that back down to their children. Are you taking the steps to grow in your own spiritual journey, to be that light in the home. We have groups that meet every week, a new round of group is starting in just a few weeks. If you are new to our church, I wanna say to you, we have two parts to our church. One is you're here now, you're, you're, you're at the one part, that's half of our church. The other half takes place during the week in our groups. So we wanna make the most out of New Walk and your spiritual growth that we offer. We say, be a part of weekends, but also, be a part of groups. Last week was the first round or first week of signups in the church. We had three weeks of signups, week one, week two, week three. Last week was week one for our new round of groups. And we had almost 500 people in the church say, I want to be a part of a group. This is week two. I want to invite you to be a part of a group. We have marriage groups to help your marriage. We have a parenting group meeting on Sunday after church could be a part of. We got groups to help strengthen relationships. We just, just general Bible study groups. We've got groups for men. We've got groups for women. We've got groups for uh, recovery. We've got groups for those who've been divorced and need to heal and so that they can be better in their life and maybe for another marriage one day. We, all kinds of opportunities to set a pattern, to set in motion the things that produce those healthy results, uh, putting in that work to grow myself and be that light inside my home. Remember this, successful living comes with successful patterns. I'm developing a consistent pattern day in and day out. We're, we're gonna follow that flow. Not that God is like, punch these buttons and it'll all work out. No, no, it's I'm putting in motion the patterns that help my life become something that would be healthier. Does that mean everything's perfect? No. It just means you're aligning yourself with the ability to encounter the blessings and the goodness of God, and you certainly want that in your family. You know if you want to live healthier physically, you're not going to do it all in one day. It's going to be a little step of growth physically, getting in shape, exercising. You know if you want to get your marriage in order, it's going to take little steps of continuing to move in the right direction. If your finances are out of order, it's going to be little steps. It's going to take little bites and, and make this thing develop over time. And the same thing is true in your household in general. I remember uh, hearing this week about you know, little steps, how little steps can make a difference. Start, some of you are like this, I got, I got a lot of work to do. So start, start with a little step. I was hearing about um, a way that in which um, psychologists, therapists had figured out how to help autistic kids. And one of the, one uh, level of autism deals with where there's uh, some aggression from the child and they had developed these bracelets to communicate that when, when the autistic child wore this bracelet 
it communicated to the people uh, that encountered the autistic child that this aggression is something that they were battling or, or dealing with. And, and it would be helpful to, to the people around that child to, to know that. The problem was is that the autistic child would many times, you put the bracelet on, they just rip it right off. And so they said, well, well what can we do? Well, the, the therapist said, well, here's what you do. You, you put the bracelet on for just a minute and then take it off. And you try to get them to keep it on for two minutes and then five minutes and then 10 minutes. And so they found that if they followed this little pattern, this little pattern over time, it grow and grow and eventually the child would just keep on the bracelet. And what they discovered is what's true for all of humanity is that if we take little steps, a bite at a time, a little bit more, over time those things grow and grow and grow and we get to the place that is better for our life. Just little steps for some of you. It's, it, it, we're, we're gonna make sure we're at church and we're, we're gonna be there, or we're, we're gonna serve. We're gonna, we're gonna serve together. We're gonna be involved in serving. Maybe it's, we, we're gonna start praying. You know, try to get five, six nights a week, a family prayer, maybe every night, but you're, you're just gonna do little steps. Or, then we're gonna, we're gonna start studying the Bible together. You do one little thing here and then another thing and it starts to build. But take one step. Make one commitment and start there with a plan for more commitments, developing a healthy pattern going forward. And God wants to see healthy families. When somebody decides to lead, take a leadership role, discipling themselves and the others around them, sets in motion a plan for a family to put God first, then the marriage and the children. Let's pray together. All right, God, we're giving thanks right now for... Uh, your word that we, we again we, we're not left without any information there are people here God who they didn't get any of this growing up in, in the home and, and, and there's a feeling like man I, I wish I had known that and, and I wish God I know you wish they had known that as well but but your word gives it to us and, and so we're not left empty handed and not knowing what to do God your word teaches us how to lead how to live how to have a better home help us Lord to see it God, as you're stirring hearts, not out of a spirit of a conviction that leads to negativity, but let people see it's a spirit of conviction that leads to wanting to change, to walking out of here to say, we're going to do something. We're going to start taking little steps, little bites to get this right. Help us, Lord, to, to take those, those necessary steps to see healthier outcomes. I'm praying right now for the person here in our audience who may not be a believer in Christ, and they life has run amok it's in a messy positioning and you've decided to be the CEO of your own life I mean, your first task today is to just give God the wheel and let him take the, the lead chair and be first in your life would you surrender to would you surrender to him letting him be Lord and Savior of your life the Bible says that no one comes to the Father but through the name of Jesus the forgiveness of sin offered through the Son, Jesus Christ. Forgiven people have a relationship with God. Would you receive his forgiveness right now? Say, God, forgive me of my sin. I accept the gift of Jesus Christ, your one and only Son. I'm ready today. Surrender, put you first in my life so I can learn what real life is like. So I can position myself, maybe my home, my family for 
right living and blessings. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.